Galatians 3. Let's read verse 13 and 14. God wants us, we, 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 said this, we said this last time. Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Do you believe that? Yeah. Now, how many of you know God? God, God the Father, Jesus, the Holy Spirit wants us established in an understanding of the New Testament and truths of the New Testament. A lot of Christians still, they, they, they kind of learn a few things about the New Testament and then they run off and go, they get want to focus on everything else. I'm not saying don't learn things elsewhere. It's good to, but your primary focus for the rest of your Christian life should always be in, in the New Testament truths. It's not something you learn and move on from. This is why a lot of Christians are not walking free in areas. Because they're not getting their, their thinking changed. They're, they're not meditating on and dwelling on truths of the word of God. They're not allowing those truths to really transform them and grip a hold of them and, and, and to change their believing and change their speaking. A lot of times people, they're just getting, getting some knowledge and then they're going on to the next truth. You know, sometimes you've got to dwell on a truth. You've got to camp on a truth. You've got to, you've got to stay on that truth for a while, and you've got to build it on the inside of you. Even some of these truths that we're, t we're teaching here in church, it's good for you. See, it's Sunday. It's good for you to take these truths, take the recordings, go through it again, uh, take, the, take the, the verses that we're looking at, read it every day of the week. Dwell on this church, on this truths. If someone says, well, you know, I'm dwelling on another truth at the moment. That's okay. I don't have a problem with that. But do you, do you, think, do you, do you think it's good for us as a church to grow together in an area? There's areas in your own individual life. And someone says, well, you know, I got a hold of that truth on, on Christ has redeemed me from the curse. I got a hold of that a few years ago. I don't need that anymore. No, you're not understanding what I'm saying. You got to come back to truths. You got to dwell on them. You got to stay with them. And there's always more you can see. I, I, I learned being redeemed from the curse of the, the curse of the law when I was a teenager. Okay, and you know what? Even even this week, I've seen some new things in that truth that I hadn't really seen quite the way that that way before. Because I've been dwelling on it. I've been spending weeks dwelling on this truth. So this is what we want. We want to really get a hold of things and understand. Let's read this, <laughs> and then I'll say some things. Galatians three verse thirteen and fourteen. This is our primary text. Although last week we. We went back a little bit in Galatians 3 at some things, but this we'll read the primary text. Christ has redeemed us. Now, does it stop there? Is it a full stop? No? It's good to know we're redeemed. Many Christians know they're redeemed. But then you say, what are you redeemed from? And, they, and most Christians, all they can say is, well, I've been redeemed from sin. And they don't really know much more than, you know, that's great. There's passages we redeemed is a purchase price. Uh, he paid the price. It's the purchase price to set us to, to, for a slave, basically, to redeem that slave, to buy it out of slavery, buy that slave out of slavery, because it's, it's not God's will that we are spiritual slaves in any area. And that we're bound by things of the enemy. So Jesus paid the purchase price to redeem us. But here, what does it say? From what? From the curse of the law. We're going to talk a bit about the curse of the law. We're going to dwell on some things. We're going to look at them. Uh, and then it says, having become a curse for us. Who's us? <clears throat> D. 
Did he become a curse for some some people and not others? Who did he? Who's who's part of us? Anyone in here part of us? Does this apply to me, or is this only for some Christians? Did he only redeem some people from the curse, and he left the others in the curse? Maybe maybe it's God's will for some Christians to live under the curse. If you listen to some people teach, you'd think so. Now, they, they either don't know they're redeemed from the curse, or they don't know what's part of the curse. If you go back to the curse of the law, and you begin to understand this, if someone says, well, you know, I, maybe he's saying that the law itself is a curse, and he's not really referring to the curse that was in the law. People get confused. No, no. Let me tell you this. He is referring to the curse that is revealed in the law. He's not saying the law is a curse. Do you know what? Paul said the law is good. Say the law is a curse. The law is not a curse. It's not saying he's redeemed you from the curse of the law because the law itself is a curse. When he says the curse of the law, he's talking about the curse that is contained in and revealed in the law. You'll primarily, primarily find that in Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26. It's, and we'll look at that. It's the curse. And he says, if you obey this law, you'll be blessed. If you do not obey, you'll be cursed. Okay. Are we going to look at that? <clears throat> do you understand out of the New Testament? What's, how, how do we walk in the blessing now? By faith. For them, it was if you obey or if you do not obey. Now, there is an obedience that goes with faith, but it's not a works law thing. How many of you know faith does obey? Hebrews 11 says, by faith, Abraham obeyed. Someone says, I'm in faith now, so I don't have to obey the Bible. <laughs> you don't understand what faith is because faith is built on the truths of the word. Faith has a great honor and reverence and respect for the word. So yes, faith, 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 faith follows the word, reverences the word of God, honors what God said. It is of great importance what God said. However, I'm not trying to earn my salvation and earn my things by my works. My, uh, my primary way that I walk in the freedom from the curse is believing what God said. And what did God say? We just read it. What did he say? Christ has, is, is going to? We're still waiting for this. Christ has redeemed? Who? Us. Part of us? Yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's another teaching. We're seated with him in heavenly places, but we're, we're, we're looking at Christ as redeemed us. It doesn't say Christ has redeemed some Christians and the rest have to wait till eternity from the curse of the law. It doesn't say Christ, Christ, Christ thought about redeeming all Christians, but then realized it's the Father's will that not all Christians be free from the curse. So Christ changed his mind and only redeems. No, it doesn't say that. How many of you know? A lot of people are teaching human wisdom. They say, well, it's God's will for you to be sick. Maybe the Lord wants you under this. You need to get a hold of this as we teach this. If it's part of the curse, I'm redeemed from it. Do you know sickness is included under the curse of the law? Yeah. Well, it, 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 lack, difficulties, problem, problems in your work, your finances, your family, it's all included under the curse of the law. Destruction, devastation, it's all part of the curse of the law. We're going to look at this. What I'm going to do is we're going to look at some specific aspects of the curse of the law as we go through this. Now, it's not to make you curse-minded. We're going to talk about the blessing as well. We want to be blessing-minded. But do you realize you need to understand what you're free from? 
Because if you don't know what you're free from, when the enemy tries to bring it into your life, if you don't know I'm redeemed from that, you might put up with it and tolerate it. And you might think, well, maybe, you know, we, we live in the natural world. These things are normal. They come upon us all. This is where you've got to decide, do I believe what God said or do I believe what I see? Do, just because something comes upon my life, just because something comes into my life, if I don't recognize it as a curse, I'm not going to take my stand on the word. Some people, oh, you see, some people say, oh, yeah, there's a curse in my life, or maybe the Lord wants me to have a curse. Oh, so Christians get very curse-focused, and then they get, they get under these things, and all they talk about is the curse. What is, what is the primary thing you need to know about the curse of the law? Christ has, past tense, redeemed us, all of us, from the curse of the law. That means if he's redeemed me, do I have to have it? No. I don't have to, I don't have to pay the price he already paid. Someone says, oh, but it's only for the future. He should have said that then. He shouldn't have said it in the past tense. When did Christ receive, redeem us from the curse of the law? When he went to the cross. It says there, having become a curse for us, for it is cur for his written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And someone might say, oh, yes, but, you know, there's, there's parts of that you can only receive in, in eternity. This is the deception that the enemy does. This is the, this is the deception. People get, got, uh, the enemy gets people thinking wrong. Do you know the enemy is a liar? He's a deceiver. And, and if, you, if, you do, if, you, if you're thinking, if you, if you don't get your thinking transformed by the word, you're going to end up thinking wrong. Many people are trying to interpret the Bible based upon think, their own thinking, which is thinking that has been developed and trained by the lies and deceptions of the enemy. And they interpret the Bible in the light of the lies and deceptions the enemy's told them. You have to renew your mind. How do you do that? By feeding on, meditating, dwelling on these truths, making them part of you, transforming the way you think to line up with what God says. How do I know when my thinking has be even begun to start to line up with what God says? When I'm starting to think, talk, and act like he says. And what did he say? We just read it. On this truth, he said lots of things, but on this truth, Christ has. Past tense. See, many people say, oh, I believe the Bible. Uh, you, you, you need to realize this. Yes, we're supposed to believe the Bible. We should believe the word of God. But you know, you need to believe the word the way he said it. Many people say they believe the word, but they make an adjustment to how he said it. So they say it differently. Is that believing the Bible? Is that believing what God says if you make a subtle adjustment? Do you know who the one is who makes subtle adjustments to the word? He did it, he did it in the Garden of Eden. He took most of what God said and made a subtle adjustment. And it completely... Did, did, led them into deception. Did he do that with Jesus? He made a subtle adjustment or he made a subtle misapplication to apply it in the wrong area. Watch out for subtle changes. You believe the Bible when you say it like he said it. And when you, you are convinced about it the way he said it. How did he say it? Christ is going to redeem us in eternity. No, it's not what he said. He says Christ 
has. If you are still believing at future, you have not, you're not a, you're not believing what he said. You've got to believe in how he said it, speak in how he said it. Now someone says, yeah, but you don't understand. I, there's lots of curse showing up in my life. So I can't say he's redeemed me. I've got to, I've got to say, well, Lord, help. Please redeem me. No, this is, this. you see, you're, you're governing your life by what you see. And you, you, when the curse begins to show up, what have you got to, what do you, what have you got to do? You start crying, oh God, please stop the curse. No, what do you do? You've got to take the truths of the word, put them in your heart, put them in your mouth, draw around in the sand, put your foot down and say, no, I'm not having that curse in my life because, put the word in your mouth, Christ has already redeemed me from the curse. And what do you do when you begin to speak the word and put, your, put the word in your, in your heart and in your mouth? What happens? That, that begins to release faith and release the manifestation to bring about change to what you see. See, does the Bible say, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee? Why would you need to resist the devil if he wasn't launching any attacks? The very that, that indicates he's going to try. Is he going to try bring aspects of the curse into your life? Now, what do you do when he tries? <clears throat> resist. Now, notice this. Do you see two different actions in that verse? It's James 4, verse 7, I believe it is. Don't have to turn there because we're still in Galatians 3. Do you see? Submit to God, resist the devil. Do you see two different actions? We're supposed to have two different responses to those two. One we submit to, one we resist. Now, if you do not know which of those two is behind things that are happening, how are you going to know what to submit to and what to resist? If you don't know whether that sickness is coming from the Lord or from the devil, how do you know whether to submit to it or to resist it? See, it is a lie and a deception of the enemy that has permeated so many places and so many Christians thinking that you cannot know the will of God. Do you know what that will lead you to? People who cannot know the will of God end up submitting to everything that happens. Because, well, it's the will of the Lord. It happens, so it's just the will of the Lord. And that means because they submit to everything... First of all, they're not a doer of the word, which says resist some things, submit to some things. Are you supposed, are we as Christians supposed to submit to everything? I'm not talking about human authorities. I'm the devil is a spiritual force and, and he works through the curse. That curse is a, is a destructive force that tries, it work, can work in your finances, can work in your body, can work in your health, can work in your family, can work in your home, can work when you begin to understand that you realize the curse is a major driving force that's behind pretty much everything going wrong. This is why we're going to dwell on this because I want you to see this. It brings a lot of things together. But if you don't know if God wants you to have it or if God's behind it, how are you going to know what to resist and what to submit to? 
You can't. This is the problem. Many Christians are submitting to things they should be resisting because they think it's coming from God. That's a, that is how the deception of the enemy works in so many areas. What better warfare strategy to convince us to accept something by deceiving us to thinking it came from our Lord and Master? That's where we get our, gotta get our thinking lined up with word. Begin to realize there are some things you resist, there's some things you submit to. But in order to resist and in order to submit, I need to know which is coming from God and which is coming from the enemy. Otherwise, I don't know what to submit to. I'm going to stand in the middle confused. That's where a lot of people are at. We need to be able to identify that's part of the curse. That's not from God. Resist it. I'm redeemed from that. Christ bore the judgment. He took the curse. He took the judgment for that. I don't have to. Amen? That's part of the blessing. Right. I'll, I thank you, Lord. The blessing of the Lord is on my life. Do you see what I'm saying? You've got to know what to resist. You've got to know what to submit to. But in order to do that, you've got to be able to identify things. That's part of the curse. Which, which part of the curse am I redeemed from? Christ has redeemed us from parts of the curse. But the rest you just have to accept and live under. Where's that in the scriptures? Now that might be in a, some theology book, but where's that in, in the New Testament? Has he redeemed us from all of it? Then can you begin to put your faith in the word and expect that redemption from all of it? And when things begin to show up in your life that is part of the curse, you're going to make a decision. Am I just going to roll over and tolerate it and just allow my thinking to say, oh, it's just part of normal life? Or do I begin to say, the Bible said that's the curse, so I'm going to resist it because the curse didn't come from God. The curse came from the enemy. Christ has redeemed me. This is why we're going to go through some individual aspects of the curse. Someone says, I've heard that before. It's okay, hear it again. I'm hearing it again. Okay? But I also think we're going to, we're going to touch on some things maybe you haven't heard because we're going to get into some of the bits and pieces of this. So you can learn to identify, I don't have to have that in my life. That's part of what I'm redeemed from. Stop tolerating things that you should be resisting. <laughs> yeah? This is, a, this is how the enemy lulls Christians into a position where he can walk all over us and bring the curse and run rampant because we tolerate it. We put up with it. We don't resist it. We don't take an active stand on the word to, to stand against some things. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Why? What's the opposite side? Verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. Who, is that, who's that? That's, that's us again, me and you. Can we have that blessing? Can, does he say that blessing is as much for us if we're in Christ? In fact, he even told Abraham that. He's, a few verses earlier, it says he preached the gospel unto Abraham, saying, in you shall all nations be blessed. That was always, the, God had that plan and intention. That's part of the gospel. In fact, that's a primary aspect of the gospel. Not just a side thought of the gospel. Okay? So 
We need the reason we're spending time on the word, and I really want to encourage you. Don't forget between Sunday meetings what we're teaching on, and just get on, spend time on this dwellers. Bring about a change in your thinking. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Become very focused and even aggressive with this, and put it into your mouth every day of the week. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. I'm redeemed. Begin to build this into your consciousness, into your faith, into your vocabulary, in a, 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 more than you ever have before. Someone says, I did that 20 years ago. We're not 20 years ago we're now. We're, we're now. Live in this truth and get, get some changes happening in this area. Amen. But put your faith on both sides of this. I'm redeemed from that. I'm redeemed from the curse. Thank you, Lord. I'm blessed. I can have the blessing. So as we look at this and as we get into some of the specifics, I'm going to contrast the two. We're going to see what the curse does in an area. We're going to see what the blessing does in an area. Specific areas. Amen. Does that sound good? And begin to put your faith on that. Begin to put your faith on those areas. Let's look at some aspects of this. Let's go to Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28. And, I, and, and I, I've got some things today that I think are going to believe are going to encourage you. And stir you up. And I want you to see this. Let me, let me just throw this bit out because before we read the bits, people says, oh, you know, we're living in hard times. The economy, you know, we're in the middle of a cost of living crisis. You know, you know, I know, I know God can provide and God can bless me, but you don't understand the pressure going on in government. You don't understand the problems and the, and, and the situation. You don't understand, you know, there's an oil crisis and there's this price, 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 price crisis, whatever. You know, what I want to show you and what I want to today, what I want to start to build in your mentality is that the blessing on my life has nothing Everyone say nothing. Nothing to do with the conditions and the circumstances going on in the country or in the world. This is what I want you to see. Whether I can have that blessing on my life has nothing to do with the price of petrol. Has nothing to do with the price of electricity. So, oh, no, God can bless me. But, you know, you just don't know how, you don't know how prices are going up. This is where the enemy wants you focused on what you see. We got to get our focus on the word. When you have, when you are free from the curse, when you're redeemed from the curse, and when you walk in the blessing, that blessing can cause ground to produce for you that will not produce for anyone else. Not because of the condition of the ground, but because of the blessing of the Lord upon you. That's what matters. I'm going to give you some examples. Do you want to see this? Let's read Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. Now, I've got a lot today, so I'm going to... Sometimes I just want to teach a bit longer than normal, but I, but I know people have to go. But sometimes it's good to get a bit of time in the Word, isn't it? Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. Again, if you've heard these before, just, just get a hold of this. I'm, I'm, I'm aiming for a couple of specific verses, and then I'm going to uh, look at some examples. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. Now he's going to talk about the blessings first. Okay? And all these blessings shall come upon, what's the next word? You. Notice, make note of that, because I'm coming back to that. Where, where does the blessing go first? 
Does it go into the ground? Does it go into the circumstances? Or does it go onto the person? These blessings shall come upon you or me. Make note of that because I'm going to emphasize this in a couple of verses. I want you to begin to realize when you start to put your faith on the blessing of the Lord, it makes absolutely no difference what the circumstances are and the conditions are in the country. The blessing will cause you, it'll make you bring to uh, increase and provide for you. It'll cause things to multiply in conditions where they wouldn't normally multiply. And you might not realize it. Remember, remember the time when, 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 when the disciples were, were fishing and they caught nothing. Now we are, and and what, did, what happened is Jesus came and said, oh, throw your nets back in again. He said, oh, yes, he performed a miracle. Yes, but I, I want to propose something to you. What caused that water to suddenly start producing fruit? Fish. <laughs> the blessing on Jesus. He got into that environment and the very production of that water changed. People say, oh, God drew all the fish around. I don't know. I don't know if fish just began to multiply out and began to, to grow in that water. I don't know. I'll ask Jesus when we get there. Yeah, not to the water, to, to, to his breath. <laughs> okay, okay. But I personally, I've, I've come to realize it's the, it was the blessing upon Jesus that, in, that caused that water to start releasing up fish when it was not producing fish for anyone before that. It was the blessing that did that. Blessing on Jesus. Do you think Jesus was blessed? Let me, let, me, let me give you a hint just to show you how blessed how we guarantee Jesus was blessed. First of all, he was of the seed of Abraham. He was the seed of Abraham. Second of all, did Jesus keep the law? He fulfilled, he kept the law. Do you think Jesus broke the law? He wasn't a lawbreaker. If he was a lawbreaker, he wouldn't be able to go to the cross. So Jesus fulfilled Deuteronomy 28. He kept the law. So he was blessed because he kept the law. Do you think Jesus operated in faith? I guarantee you Jesus operated in faith. So he was blessed because he also operated in faith. So he was blessed because he's the, he is the seed of Abraham. He's blessed because he kept the law. And he's blessed because he operated in faith. And Galatians 3 says, they that are of faith are blessed. So I guarantee you the blessing was on Jesus. So when he got around that, that water, that fish, it, be, it just began to bring forth when it wouldn't produce for anyone before that. Did it have anything to do with the water or the condition of the fish or where the fish were in the water? No, it had nothing. It had to do with the blessing upon his life. Caused that to produce. So verse 2 says, these blessings shall come upon, say it again, you. And who's you? Us, me. People say, oh, no, but you're reading Deuteronomy 28. That's for the Jews. No, Galatians 3 says, Christ has redeemed us, that the blessing can come upon us. Yeah? Now, Look, look at verse 15 quickly. You'll see the terminology is very similar. I'm going to do this for a couple of verses. I'm not going to do it for all of them. But notice this, verse 15. It shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord. Now, again, for them, it was obey or do not obey. But for us, it is faith. Faith is, is the factor, okay? 
If you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you. What did I say? We're going to highlight that word. I want you to get this. There's something I want you to see here today. All these curses will come upon you. Who does the blessing come upon? The person. Yes, me. Now, don't say that for the next question. Who does the curse come upon? Well, not me. <laughs> but, but the person. This is what I want you to see. The blessing comes on the person. The curse comes upon the person. Okay? Now, there's one or two exceptions to that, but I want you to get this in because this is really important. Now, jump down to verse 4. We'll jump back up to verse 4. <clears throat> verse 4 and then verse 18. They're the two contrasting verses. They, they, so I'm going to read them both. They, 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 they basically say the blessing part and the curse part of the same thing. Blessed, verse 4, blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground. What would that be for us today? Because we're not necessarily farmers. <laughs> well, it could be your ground, but it can be your job, your work. There's even a verse a little bit later that says, whatever you put your hand to. In fact, I'll read that in a minute. And the increase of your herds. That was my trainer squeaking on the floor, by the way. <laughs> okay. The, the increase of your cattle, the offspring of your flocks. Well, let me say this. If you do have some animals... I, I was saying to God for a while, I said, God, you know, what, what is a good scripture to stand on for your pets if you've got cats and dog pets? And I thought, you know, it's good. You can stand on Mark eleven twenty three faith. But I'm like, I don't have a scripture that says, you know, Jesus bore my, my pet sickness. I said, I, so I was like, God, come on. I know you. there's got to be a scripture there somewhere I can actually stand on because I believe in finding scriptures to stand on the word. I've discovered this is it. Because when the blessing is upon you, when you are free from the curse, the curse has no right on anything that is part of yours, including their livestock. There's your scripture to stand on for your pets. Christ has redeemed me from the curse, so that curse cannot, cannot operate in my pet. That's just a little side thought, yeah? I love pets and animals. But the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds. Now look at verse 18. Cursed shall be the fruit of your body. We'll come back to that at another time. Maybe, maybe not. But And the produce of your land. Do you see? It's saying the same thing, but in terms of the, the blessing. Verse 4, he says, the produce of your ground will be blessed. Verse 18, the produce of your land will be cursed. Yeah? Verse 4 and verse 18. I just want you to see the curse and the blessing, they, they're opposites. And what do you think? What do you think the produce of the ground is like when, 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 when there's a curse operating? It doesn't produce. Everything goes wrong. Do you know Jeremiah 17? We'll look at it at some point, depending on time, either today or another, another, another uh, one of the Sundays. Jeremiah 17 describes, it says, cursed is the man who trusts in man. And then it describes he will be like a like a, basically a parched shrub in the wilderness. Won't grow. Be like he's in a salt land. Nothing can produce. And it says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. And then it describes him very similar to how Psalm 1 describes. He'll be like a tree. Psalm 1 says, planted by the rivers of water. Whatever he does shall prosper. Now, 
The difference between those two people, cursed as the man who's like a shrub in the wilderness or blessed as the man who's like a tree planted by the rivers, it's not in the ground, it's in the person. Blessed is the man, cursed is the man. And that affects how the ground responds to them. Yeah? How did he start these passages off? These blessings shall come upon you. These curses shall come upon the person. Get a hold of this. You need to begin to realize what matters is I'm a blessed man. I'm a blessed woman. I'm blessed. Because I'm blessed. How do I know I'm blessed? Because Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. See, and someone says, but you don't understand. We're going through a difficult time. The economy is really bad. People have got to tighten up. Makes no difference. I am blessed. What happens when I'm blessed? The ground produces for me. It's the blessing on the person. It's got nothing to do with the circumstances. Are you seeing this? Let me give you some examples. Go to Genesis 4. Let's look at a curse and then we'll look at a blessing. Genesis 4. Anyone remember Cain and Abel? Now, what is a curse? A cur we, we, we said this last week. A blessing and a curse are very real things. They're spiritual forces. They a blessing is that, that empowerment from God working for a person in their life. They're not just superstitions. If you think a blessing and a curse is a superstition, you, you, then you really need to go and read and believe the Bible. Because the Bible talks blessing and cursing from chapter 1 to, to the very last chapter. Genesis 1 right up to the end. Yeah? What is a curse? A curse is a force working against a person that, 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 that causes everything to go wrong, causes things to go against you, to work against you, to, to, and ultimately with the, with the intent of bringing destruction and doom and damnation. <clears throat> ever notice that it feels like or it seems like negative forces on this planet seem to have greater power a lot of the time. They seem to just be able to come in and take over. That is the curse. <laughs> but that is the curse in operation. And, and, and what you've got to understand, what... It, it, what have I got to do to the curse? Well, just, you know, sit down and accept and say, well, this is just the planet we live on. Yeah. What did I say at the beginning? If you don't resist it and you just tolerate it and you think it's normal, it's just going to run all over you. You're going to identify, you're going to begin to put your faith. Now, here's the next thing. You resist, but also do what? Put your faith on. I, Christ has redeemed me from that. I, I don't have to have that in my life. And put your faith on the fact that the blessing of Abraham has come upon me. You would actively do this. Put your faith on that area. And you know what will happen. The Bible says faith, faith, your faith is the victory that overcomes the world. That faith will bring about those changes. That doesn't just happen because you just throw one or two quick confessions up and people say, well, Jesus only did it once. Yes, he was highly developed in spiritual things. We are very highly developed in, 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 in operating it the wrong way. You've got to stick at something. People, this is what I say to people. How, how, how long should you speak the word? So people are thinking, well, you know, I'm facing a situation. Do I speak the word from today up and for the next 24 hours? Here's your answer for the rest of your life. 
Don't base my speaking the word on waiting for the circumstance to change because you're just focusing on one situation. Make it a lifestyle transformation where the word of God is coming out of your mouth. Christ has redeemed me. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing on my life. Aggressively all the time. Make a complete transformation. And then you will find out when you build, that's part of living by faith. When you build a transformation, you will find out when you start to make individual speaking over individual circumstances, things happen quicker. Problem is, people pick faith up when they're facing a challenge, then they put it back down again. So they don't develop in it in any, any. And then they want it to work the next time. And they find it takes ages, and sometimes it doesn't go right. The Bible doesn't say, use faith every now and again. It says, the just shall live. Make it a transformation your entire day. Everyone found Genesis 4? Should have had time to find Genesis 4. Christ has redeemed us. From the curse. Now, Genesis 4, verse 9. Then the Lord said to Cain. Now, I'm not going to go into the background of the story. I think most people know Cain's murdered Abel, yeah? You can, if you don't know the story, the passage you can read up earlier for yourself. But Cain had murdered his brother. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Verse 11. Now notice this. So now you are cursed. You see that? Who was cursed? Cain. The curse came upon him, the person. You are cursed. Now I'm talking about curse first. We're going to talk about blessing after. Don't become curse-minded, but it's the Bible teaches both because it's good for us to understand how both work. Not so that we can live a curse-focused Christianity, but so that we can understand I'm redeemed from this specific things. Amen? But it says, who, who, who was cursed? Cain himself, the person is cursed. Now, notice how the curse plays out in his life. Because he is cursed... So now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's, brother's blood from the ground. When, notice verse 12, when you till the ground. What does it mean? He's a farmer. When you work the ground, yeah? When you till the ground, it, the ground, shall no longer yield its strength to you. Understand you in different translations, but do you see the focus is him? He's cursed, and it says, When you till the ground, the ground won't yield to you. Did your Bible say something along those lines? What about when someone else works the same ground? It doesn't say anything about anyone else. It says, When you work that ground, the curse will stop that ground producing for you. So do, is it anything to do with the ground? Now, I understand in Genesis 1, there, you know, some curse on the earth. I understand that there have been stuff, but capture hold of what I'm saying here. I want you to see this. Because Cain was cursed, the ground wouldn't produce for him. And the problem wasn't with the ground. The problem was with the person working the ground. And someone says, oh, yes, that's like me. I, you know, I've got a curse that goes, no, no, no. Put your faith on Christ has redeemed me from the curse. Even if it's been like that, 
don't don't walk out of here thinking, oh, and taught me I'm cursed. Ah, oh, there's a curse on me. And if you talk curse the rest, you got the wrong part of this message. I'm showing you when Christ came, he set you free. He broke that curse. There is no curse upon me as a believer. Stop putting your faith in the curse and thinking, oh, the curse shows up everywhere. Start to resist it and believe Christ put a stop to this. There might have been a curse before, but I'm in Christ now. Christ broke that curse. But I want you to see how a curse functions. Blessing functions exactly the same way. The problem was not with the ground. The problem was with the person working the ground. See, the enemy wants you focused on the circumstances, thinking it's, it's the economy that's holding me back. It's this that's holding me back. It's, it's, it's the bills that are holding me back. What's got to change? Something about the person. And if you're in Christ, he has made that change. You've just got to put your faith on it. When you begin to realize Christ... Christ Broke the curse over the person. Christ has redeemed me from the curse so that the blessing will come upon me. There's no curse upon me. So because there's no curse on me, what happens when I work the ground? I can tell you what doesn't happen. The curse doesn't have the right to manifest and to stop that ground producing. The ground is your work. It's your job. What you put your hand to. Your, your finances is part of that. Amen. Problem's not with the ground. The problem was with the person working the ground. And because of that, the ground was going to be hard to work. How many of you know, if you're trying to get, get crop out of ground that's resistant and it's just not producing for you, you've got to put in twice the amount of work. The Bible talks about things like toil, sorrow. Now, the Bible's not against hard work, but really struggling to make it. Is part of the curse because you like just to eke out one meal, you got to work 10 times as hard as the person next to you. That's a curse. Do you realize that? Because the ground is resistant to producing for you, you have to work it even harder. Part of Leviticus, part of, and I think it's Deuteronomy and Le Leviticus, talk about how I can't remember which it is, the, but he says the, the sky, the heaven above you will be like. Iron, I think, and the ground will be like bronze, or it's the other way around. I think it's the ground's the iron. Iron's hard, hard to get it to produce. That's part of the curse. Are you seeing this? But what's the problem? Is it because the ground is the problem? No, the curse was on Cain, the person. Now look at something else. Problem's not with the ground. Many people are. Many people think their circumstances are their problem. That's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to run around thinking, if only my circumstances would change, everything would be better. The change must happen in you. That's why Psalm 1, how many ever read Psalm 1? says, blessed is the man. It's not, it's not talking about man gender there, so it applies to woman as well. Amen? Blessed is the man. Where, where does it start? You see, it talks about the blessing on the person. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, etc. But, verse 2, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be 
like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Who? Who? The person. See, God, many people are trying to get God to change their circumstances. They don't realize God's first step is to change some things about you. Makes you a new creature in Christ Jesus. Makes you the righteousness of God in Christ. And you know what we said this last week? There, the curse is not for the righteous. When you begin to realize, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am a new creation. Not only that, Christ has redeemed me from the curse. I am blessed. I'm now the blessed man because I'm righteous in Christ. Now, the blessing upon me will start to work in my environment and change the circumstances. Many people, this is why God, people say, oh, but I've got a problem. And then you go to them and say, you know what you need to do? Get in the word, meditate in the word. I don't see how that's going to help my problem. You're thinking wrong. Do you see what, do you see what, the enemy's got people circumstance focused. Get the blessing functioning here in you with your faith, meditating on the word. The circumstances are subject to you. They'll change. The enemy wants you focused on the problem, focused on what's happening. God says, meditate in my word. Begin to change some things in you. Get your faith up. Get that blessing flowing. You know what will happen? Bring about a change to the circumstances. That's what a lot of people don't want to do. This is why when they come to church and say, oh, I've got a problem. Pray for me. You say, okay, come to church. Get in the word. Grow in the word. Oh, I don't have time for that. I need my problem changed. The enemies get them focused on the circumstance. You change things in you, blessing or curse functioning. Now, what's going to cause the blessing to function in your life? Faith. Get your faith level right up there. Build yourself to the position where you begin to understand and put your faith on this actively. Because my faith is working. Blessing is working in my life. Now, I don't have time for that. Here's the problem. <laughs> the enemy gets us so busy that we don't have time for the word. And because we get so busy, very often we're chasing our tail trying to fix the circumstances. I'm going to work four jobs. I don't have time for the word. That's the one thing that's going to bring you to the place where you don't need to work for jobs. <laughs> the word will cause that change. Do you realize that rest is part of the blessing? Have you ever realized that? Not only did God tell them, most people know about the Sabbath one day off. I'll come, we'll talk about this in one week. Deuteronomy, uh, sorry, Leviticus also said to them, take one year in seven off. <laughs> Do you want to see it? Some of you looking like, I, I don't think. I... Go look, go look, go look, go look. We'll get to this. Are you all right? You're in a rush to go. Does anyone want to leave? <laughs> if you need to go to the toilet, that's fun. The recording will be available now so they can always catch the bit you missed. <laughs> Leviticus, go to Leviticus. 25. <laughs> I, didn't, I wasn't going to cover this but today, but I might mention it today and we might cover it more in detail later. Do you know that 
toil and running after chasing your tail, having to work 16 hours just to survive is because the curse is manifesting. How many of you know the enemy wants you so overloaded that you don't have time for the word? The one thing God said, meditate in my word day and night, and that blessing will begin to flow in your life. Yeah? People push God down the list. What did he say in, in Matthew? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added. This is not because God's just trying to demand your time. God knows how you work. And he knows if you want to get to a stage where you're walking in, uh, where the blessing upon you is changing your circumstances, you've got to bring the word up to the first priority. And bring about changes inside of you to your faith is charged up. He doesn't just say, spend time in the word day and night because I, I want to make a law for you to spend time day and night. And you've got to be law-based. Read your Bible every day. Read your Bible every day. That's people get it wrong. When you begin to value this and you begin to realize the word is doing things inside of me. There's power in the word. It's feeding my spirits, causing transformations inside of me. And the change in the person as I... Get my faith active. Galatians 3 shows they that are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. The blessing begins to function in my life. And I don't have to spend 16 hours a day working hard sweat and toil just to get one piece of hard ground just to produce a little bit for me. Do you see what I'm saying? But the enemy will get you chasing the circumstances, not realizing that the change happens in the person. Everyone gets to Leviticus 25. Verse 2. Get that blessing functioning in your life. Put your faith on it. Begin to realize Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. And one of the blessings of the, I'm going to read it to you right now. One of the blessings, one of the benefits of the blessing is you've got a bit of time left to rest. And even enjoy your family and other things. Leviticus 25, verse 2. Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, when you come into the land which I give you, then the land shall keep a Sabbath to the Lord. Not just you keep a Sabbath, the land. Six years you shall sow your field, and six years you shall prune your vineyard and its fruit. But in the seventh year there shall be a Sabbath of solemn rest for the land, a Sabbath to the Lord. You shall neither sow your field nor prune your vineyard. What's he telling them? Take a whole year off. You know what? Most people think that's a dream. Most people struggle to take a three-day holiday off. Do you need extra resources to take a two-week holiday? <coughs> How many resources you got to need to take an entire year? Is this in the Bible? Did he tell them take the whole year off? It's every sixth year, every seventh year. Work six, take the seventh off. How, how is that possible when you're living hand to mouth? Every day, all I've got is the food that, that and I can pay the bills for that day. How can you take a year off? You can't. Yeah? Now, just keep down. We'll see this. 
So he commanded them to rest and the land to rest. Do you see rest as part of what God instructed them to do? Is it God's plan and God's will that you're chasing your tail, working sticks? Some people, it feels like more than 24 hours a day. No, you get the blessing function. You know what will start to happen? The blessing will cause half the effort for two times the production. I'll show you that in a minute. So there's time left over to spend time in the Word and to rest and enjoy some things, okay? So he told them, take, take that seven here. Look, keep going. Verse 5. Well, he gives them the instructions, verse 5 and 6, uh, about how to handle that time. Now jump down to verse 18. Leviticus 25, verse 18. So you shall observe my statutes and keep my judgments and perform them, and you shall dwell in the land in safety. Okay? Then the land will yield its fruit. Notice the connection between verse 18 and 19. Now, they were under the law, weren't they? But notice this. You shall observe my statutes and my command and my judgments. So that's them, isn't it? You. Something happened in them. You do it. And then what will happen? Verse 19. Then the land will yield its fruit. This is what I'm preaching on. The change happened in them. It was something about them that determined whether the land was producing. With them, it was works of the law. With us, it's faith. Do you see that? People say, oh, oh, but you don't understand. The ground's just not producing for anyone in the UK now. This, this is the other thing. They like to do this with, with, with churches. Oh, that's a hard town. That's hard ground. That's hard ground. What are they doing? They're doing exactly the same thing. They're focusing on the circumstance. When, when you've got a blessed man, it doesn't matter how hard the ground is, hard ground produces for blessed people. <laughs> stop, putting your, stop looking at the circumstance as being what's going to determine how well you or bad you do and start to realize it's the, the way God has set it up is the blessing or the curse functions through the person. It's put, it's get the blessing flowing. The land will change how it produces for you. So he says, verse 19, then the land will yield its fruit and you will eat your fill and dwell there in safety. Now he says, and if you say, how many of you know God knew the things that they were going to, when, when God gives an instruction, he knew exactly they were going to think, oh yeah, well, that's a nice instruction, but you don't understand. How am I going to take a year off? He's just told them to take a year off. So he says, and if you say, what shall we eat in the seventh year? Is that a legitimate question? Someone came to you and says, take every seventh year off. You'd think, how am I going to pay my year bills in the seventh year? Without working. God knew they were going to ask that. Well, let's ask this. How are you going to pay your bills if you were to, if you were hypothetically to take every seventh year off? I think I'm about due my seventh year. Shall I take this year off? We're just at the start of January. We'll just, I'll just go for the year. You won't like that, will you? <laughs> Notice this. What shall we eat in the seventh year, since we shall not sow nor gather in our produce? You see, we're not supposed to do do any work this year. How are we going to eat? Notice what he says. Verse 21. Capture this. Then I will command what? Where? I will command my blessing on you. Is the person again. 
I'll command my blessing on you. What will happen? In the sixth year, and it will bring forth produce enough for three years. That's a good year. But, but because God blessed them, the land will produce enough for three years on the sixth year. Now we know how we're getting a year off. <laughs> Why? The blessing did it. Do you see that? I'll command my blessing on you. But do you see there that God built it in that he wanted them to rest? And he says, my blessing will enable you to be able to rest. Wow. How's that for a powerful revelation? Because the curse came to work that ground hard, 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 hard. Can't have, to have a moment off. That's a curse. I'm not saying don't ever rest. The Bible says you've got to work. We, we should prioritize doing the, what God wants us to do. People, people say, I can't do what I can't. I know God wants me to do this, but I can't do this because I'm so busy just trying to pay my bills. I'm going to work a job. I can never go and do what God wants me to do. This is what the enemy gets people caught up in. Begin to put your hand to what the Lord says. Begin to prioritize. Begin to put his word first. Get that blessing functioning in you. And God will release you to the place where you can begin to focus on what he wants you to focus on. Without chasing your tail all the time. And have some bit of rest as well. Do you see this? Can we go to a couple more? Or then stop. Anyone, anyone like a little bit more? I'll do these quicker. Genesis 39. I want you to see this. The blessing functions on the person just like the curse functions on the person now what happens when Cain the person was cursed the ground wouldn't produce for him was the problem with the ground was the problem in the circumstances was the problem with the economy and the decisions the government made no the problem was with the person change the person the ground begins to produce now notice this in Genesis, Genesis, uh, we'll do this one quickly, Genesis 39, this is Joseph. Who's, who was Joseph, by the way? Jackie? Son of Jacob, son of? Keep going. Isaac, son of? So he's a descendant of Abraham, is he not? Fourth, third, fourth, was that fourth generation? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. So do you think that blessing that is passed down from Abraham onto Isaac, I'll show you that in a minute. Then to Jacob was on was on was on Joseph. Yeah, it was. Genesis thirty nine verse four. So Joseph found favor in his sight. Now he's he's been taken as a slave. Now people might say, well, you don't understand. I'm a I, I'm in I'm a slave. I can't I can't walk in blessing. <laughs> you came too late. The Bible already dealt with that one. The enemy wants people caught up. This is going on in the world these days. People want retribution for what happened 400 years ago. I'm not going to go into the rights or wrongs and that, but I want to say this. Change your mentality now, and it doesn't matter how cursed you were in the past. You can rise above those who brought you in slavery because of the blessing and the person. But if you're focusing on, I want my circumstances to change, but while keeping yourself in cursed thinking, cursed believing, and cursed speaking, Bring about a change in the person. 
begin to realize I don't have to be limited to my past, my own personal past, or even the past of my entire family generation. They could have lived in the abject slavery and grown up in, in the worst flea-infested swamps. I don't think swamps get flea-infested, but anyway. The worst kind of environment you think about, and because of the blessing on me, things can change. But if you focus just on all what the circumstances and want everyone to fix the circumstances, the enemy uses that as a subtle thing to get people focused on the wrong thing. Okay? He's sold as a slave. I didn't mean to go and say that about slavery, but anyway, he's, he's, he's sold as a slave. But then he's made overseer of the house and everything gets put under his authority in verse four. Why? So it was, verse five, from the time that he, that's Potiphar, way up, had made him Joseph overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house. Why? For Joseph's sake. It's the person. The blessing came on the entire house of Potiphar because of Joseph. Did Joseph made any, was, was Joseph any contributing factor here what if joseph wasn't there blessing wouldn't have been on the house because of him the person and the blessing of the lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field why because of what we just read for joseph's sake because the person that blessing on joseph caused a transformation in his entire environment. Can, can the blessing still do that today? Oh, you don't understand, you know. No, I do understand. It's you that don't understand. <laughs> Get your thinking free from the curse and redeemed and, and walking in the blessing. Begin to realize the transformation of the person. Get the blessing functioning in me by faith. It's not in the circumstances. God can bring changes to all of that. Now, one more, and we'll close on this. Genesis 26. Just go back a little bit. Most of us know this. Now, Rem, read this as a contrast to Cain and Abel, or to Cain. Now, Cain was cursed, so the land wouldn't produce. Now, notice the opposite with Isaac. Now, this is going back two generations. So now, this is Isaac is the natural seed of Abraham, isn't he? He's, actually, he's directly the child. Do you think there was any blessing upon him? Of course. The blessing went, God said to Abraham, on you and your descendants. Genesis 26, verse 1. There was famine in the land. What's a famine? Lack. Lack. No food. Do, do things grow in famines? Well, not very easily, do they? So actually, in this instance, there's a problem with the land. You're not even just working on even keel land. The, the land is already at a disadvantage. There's a famine there. That land is producing for no one until a blessed person arrives. And the land, which is under famine, begins to produce for a blessed person. Because the land is not the problem. The person is what's needed. Cain was cursed. The land wouldn't produce for him. Isaac is blessed. Even a land working at a disadvantage began to produce for him. 
Now notice this, you'll see the words in there. Famine in the land. So people say, oh, but you know, it's, it, it, the economy's difficult. Well, nothing to do with that. This is what I said at the start. It's got nothing to do with that. If you think and believe it has everything to do with that, then, then, then you're going to get limited by that. And the enemy gets you focused on the circumstances. When God says, get in my word and get your faith level up and bring about a change on the inside of you, that will be, get, cause the, the ground to produce for you. I hope you're getting a hold of this. Verse 2, then the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land which I should tell you. In other words, stay in that land where the famine is, basically. Now, what does God say to Isaac? Verse 3, dwell in this land and I will be with you and bless. What's the next word? You. The blessings on the person. I'll bless you even in this land. Famine's in the land. Did God say, I need to change the land so it starts producing? No, 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 no. So I need to change the person. I'll bless you, Isaac. And because you're blessed, you know what's going to happen. That land that won't produce for anyone will start producing for you. <laughs> get, get this. I really, this is making sense. This is why it says, dwell in my word, build my word on the inside, because it brings about changes inside of you. It begins to expand your faith, bring about, and then that blessing can begin to flow in you, and the circle, the land will begin to produce for you when it won't produce for anyone else, because the blessing's on you. Verse 12, we'll finish here. Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped, which land? That land that was in famine. Does it say God fixed the land? Does it say God stopped the famine? Does it say that? But the famine continued. I don't know. I don't historically I don't know how for how long. It doesn't say God changed the circumstance. It says God blessed the person. And what happened? Because the person was blessed, the circumstance changed. For him. Isaac sowed in that land, the famine-filled land, and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And notice this phrase. And the Lord blessed him or the land? Him. Blessing was on him. And then it talks about he began to prosper and increase, and even to the point that the Philistines envied him. Now go back to Galatians 3.13 and let's finish there. I want you to begin to understand this. When Christ redeemed me and us from the curse of the law and so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon me, that is the cure right there. When he made me a new creation and he brought about brought me up to a position of righteousness, God is changing things at the place they need to change. Many people are trying to get God to change the circumstances. Begin to put your faith on the fact that if that blessing's functioning in me, things will produce around me. No matter if nobody else can get that ground to produce, nothing happening for anybody else. But when I begin to work that ground, it produces. Why? Because I'm blessed. How do I get that blessing functioned? They that are of faith, get your faith. 
put, put, put time and attention into getting your faith functioning, the blessing will enable the other things to begin to function. The enemy wants to squash that time out of your day because he knows that's what's actually going to fix everything. Because if you can squash that time out of the word, out of your day and out of your life and some people out of their month, he can keep you in a position where you're chasing your tail, trying to fix the curse in your own effort. You never will. You'll run after it. You'll be in works and that just enables the curse. So what did he say? Christ Verse Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed the person. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, what will happen when us is redeemed from the curse of the law? Because we are. Is that going to have any impact upon the ground and the environment? Yes. What potentially would have happened if that curse on Cain had got, he got redeemed from that and free from that. Well, the curse was stopping the ground producing for him, wasn't it? What, hap- what would have happened if, if, if he'd got, he got, he, let's say Cain was alive today and, and he became a Christian and he received Jesus and the blood of Jesus cleansed him from sin and he got free from that curse. What would happen then? Would that have any impact upon the ground starting to produce for him? That's just, okay? Christ has redeemed us. I'm talking hypothetically there. I didn't say that did happen, but I'm talking hypothetically. If the curse on him got stopped, it would change the way the ground was producing. Christ has redeemed us, me, the person from the curse of the law. Put your faith on this. Begin to speak it. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. And when you see things that are of the curse, we're going to go through more specifics. Believe that that it doesn't have to be there. Then verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles or us, the person. Is that a cure? Is that a fix? Some say, I, I don't understand why the blessing being on me is a, any help because, you know, you don't understand it's the economy right now. No, you don't understand. That's the fix. That's where the change begins to happen. I'm blessed not because of the economy. I'm blessed not because there's no work, no jobs, no nothing around. If you think, talk, act, believe that all the time, that's what you're going to live in. But begin to realize, i got the blessing upon me. The blessing of the Lord is upon me. It's causing those changes in that, those circumstances. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to 